Welcome along to the Brain for Business, Brain for Life podcast with me, Lawrence Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that's accessible for leaders and organizations. I'm delighted to welcome to this episode of Brain for Business, Brain for Life, Kira Kelly, Managing Director of Future Nears. Kira has over 24 years business and leadership experience in marketing, strategic planning, graduate program development, millennial engagement, and team leadership. Before establishing Future Nears in 2017, Kira spent many years working in senior marketing and business development roles with organizations such as Irish Distillers Pernod Ricard and Coca-Cola Bottlers. As an executive coach and certified Gallup Strengths coach, in recent years, Kira has th focused on empowering leaders and their teams to do their best work and help their teams thrive. A key aspect of that is supporting leaders and organizations as they grapple with the challenge of the multi-generational workforce. Kira, you're very welcome. Hi, Laurie. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. So perhaps you might start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and about Futureneers. I started I suppose with Futureers, I set up Futureers in 2017 and at that stage I had been, as you mentioned, I'd been working with Irish Distillers for over 18 years and had a brilliant um, experience there and one of the areas that I really loved in that space was graduate uh, program development and helping younger talent and I decided to leave Irish Distillers in 2015 and, uh, and wanted to do something about developing younger talent. And as I evolved and did a lot of research, and I suppose I have to admit my four, four beautiful kids, I have a, a 17, 15, 12 and a nine year old. So they were my ultimate inspiration to set up my own business as I wanted to blend family and work and really help them to be the best that they could be, but also ultimately helping and empowering young, younger talent to do their best work and thrive. So that's really why I set up Futureers. And what I'm doing now, as you as you um, gave a, a great summary, is that for future years, future leader pioneers is all about to developing today's young talent into tomorrow's leaders. And I'm very passionate about how we can support um, leaders and, and, and their teams to do their best work and thrive, but do it through a multi-generational lens. So really getting to understand every aspect of their, ta their talent and their workforce. Okay, interesting. So what then is, to, to pick up on a term you use there, what then is the multi-generational workforce? Well, the multi-generational workforce is covered, I suppose, when you think about it, it comes up a lot in, in my in my area of business because I suppose there's a number of generations, as we know, and a lot of the questions that I get is like, it comes more from the older generation. So they don't understand the millennials, they don't understand the centennials or the generation Z and how can I work with them better? Or how can how can they do what we want them to do as opposed to how uh, what, the, what they're asking for? So there's a lot of questions around that. So when we think about the generations, we have kind of five buckets, Laurie, and those five buckets cover, cover traditionalists, uh, baby boomers, generation X, Generation Y or Millennials and Generation Z or Centennials. So they they kind of bro broadly range over a number of, of generations and, uh, and age brackets. So if you think about the traditionalists, the traditionalists were the age bracket is 1900 to 1945. So the youngest is around 75. Now my parents are in that in the bracket and they're known as the kind of the silent generation because the children of that era were expected to be seen and not heard. <laughs> um, and then we go into the baby boomers. Now the baby boomers are ranging between 1946 and 1964. 
So that age group is, is, is 56 year olds right up to 74 year olds. And they really were, um, they came, came out of um, the baby boom after the World War II. Um, so so the really, they were, they were um, a, a generation around a decade of uncertainty and they were seeking more job security. So that were the baby boomers. And then when you get into Generation X, so that age bracket is 1964 to 1979, okay? And so they're ranging between 41-year-old 40, and 56-year-olds. And like that, they're, I suppose, as, as I, I remember the, the Berlin Wall uh, falling and the, and the light Live Aid. So we were always seeking for more independence and, and, and a work-life balance. And, and, and nobody really thinks about that. But the Generation X, it, you know, millennials are very vocal and they talk about work-life balance. But it was actually the Generation X that actually drove that initially which was really interesting and that and so then when we get into the millennials so millennials yeah there's been so much talk about millennials or generation y so that age group that age bracket ranges between 1980 and 1996 so again they're they're 24 year olds the youngest right up to 40 year olds so so they're getting into a you know more family and more kind of a mature more mature age bracket but millennials now are really an interesting one, and that's why I suppose there's been a lot of talk about them because they have they have revolutionised the workplace in so many ways. Um, and if you think about the concepts around and themes around millennials, I would call the first one would be um, they're unconstrained. Okay, so they don't like being told what to do necessarily, or this is how how they um, this is the way it's always been done. They're I, what I like about them. <clears throat> excuse me is that they're nearly we call them the gen y but i all, i kind of call them the gen y so the, why are we doing it why do we have to do this and what is the understanding so they really want to understand the purpose and the reason behind things and that's really kind of driven a lot of the questions around why we do things in the workplace and um, so that's the first one which i love is that unconstrained kind of dynamic with millennials um, and then we get into they also are unattached now, what does that mean? So it's kind of a two-pronged approach um, for me. So unattached is that they are, as consumers, they're not as loyal. When you think about um, Gen, well, Gen Z, but also baby boomers, very loyal generation, and they would stick by their brands or they'd stick with their companies. So, you know, unattached is yes. You know, when, when you think about millennials, they are, they look for value that is aligned to their own personal mission and the purpose of the company, not, a, not necessarily just to stick with the same brand for the rest, for their whole life, okay? Um, and when you get into that is specific when it comes to the, the, the company, they're very much about, well, are, uh, uh, is my mission and, and values aligned to the mission and, and purpose of the company? And if it isn't, they will move. And as we've discussed this before, Laurie, like we have, you know, millennials have kind of driven that so that companies, they are nearly the consumers of the workplace. So if they don't find what they're looking for, they'll move on. And we have seen in research as well that, you know, you could have at least four or five different careers in your in your in your life life stage. And, and, and millennials have driven that as well because they will move to another a company where they will find a culture and a workplace environment that will actually serve them in a better way. You know, so that so that's a big thing. But they are also they're very optimistic, and that's what I love about them as well. They're very optimistic, and they're most optimistic about the future. You know, I think uh, us uh, Generation X can be a little bit cynical. <laughs> I don't mind you, uh, Laurie, but but there is a piece around I know I, that that people would question where where for for millennials they're very optimistic.
And then we get into the Gen Z, okay? So the Gen Z and, and both yourself and myself have, have children. So they are very much the centennials and, and, and I have four of them. Um, so I can see them living and breathing this as well. So what's really interesting about the Gen Z generation is that they're the first generation that are, you know, that, that where white and Caucasian is not the majority. So there's a lot of amazing diversity in the, the generation when you think about it in the workplace okay now this generation um, is from 1997 to now to date okay so you won't find too many of of uh, so they're around 20 the oldest is is 23 so you're not going to find too many in the workplace at this stage but what you'll find is and um, they're coming in now either through graduate programs or through internships um, and and you can see them coming in and I, I would work with a lot of uh, managers trying to help them bring in and understand the the, the the centennials and the Gen Z. Now, what I love about the, the Gen Z are they're very entrepreneurial. So if you think about some of the buzzwords, they're entrepreneurial, they're technologically uh, obsessed. Yes, they are absolutely the digital natives. They, they will live and breathe through dig, uh, digital, but they are intrinsically motivated and good multitaskers and absolutely value flexibility very similar to your millennials they love the flexibility piece but they're very driven by community involvement and social justice so they really are looking at supporting the the the, the environment very much similar to the millennials as well so very interested in how to support and 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 improve climate change and that space so that that's kind of a summary of the five buckets and you'll find um, probably not all five in the workplace, but you will find definitely your baby boomers, your Generation X and uh, Generation Y millennials and centennials. Okay, so interesting characteristics and differences between all of them. And, and intuitively what you're saying makes a lot of sense, but what, what evidence and research is there to support the perspectives that you're outlining there? Okay, well, well, there's oh, there's so much out there as you as you know, and you've mentioned that at the very beginning that it's it's a, it's a, it was a hot topic. Not so much now, because I think people are now seeing that that uh, you you can bring so many insights um, from all generations. So it's not about the differences as such. It's really to embrace them. But but the two reports that I would uh, I lean into a lot when I when I work with with different companies um, is uh, the Gallup. As you mentioned, yeah, I'm a Gallup strengths coach, but they do phenomenal research and uh, and studies and they did a brilliant um, report on how millennials work and live back now it, it's a little bit older it's around 2015 2016 okay but what they did was they 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 looked at over 1 million respondents um, millennial respondents so it's a phenomenal kind of good good sample in terms of understanding and I'll talk to you through a little bit more um, uh, through this this podcast around the insights and the outputs of that but so that Gallup is very much and, and I've, I've defined even the the timeline when you look at the age uh, brackets I would have based it on, on Gallup because they have uh, over 40 years of, of research based on that but the other very good uh, resource I would recommend your listeners to look at is um, the Deloitte a millennial survey in 2020. So Deloitte have been doing phenomenal work um, across um, this whole piece of, of generational um, research over 
a good few years and they just did one back in uh, November 2019 they did an initial sample of over 18,000 millennials over 43 markets um, and they interestingly enough they did another uh, kind of post survey in May this year just to see how they how the millennials were surviving in um, in this I suppose in this pandemic as well so so there are two pieces and I'll, I, I'll, um, I, I'll give them to you so that you can put them into the show notes at, um, at the end of the, the podcast but they're two very good um, pieces of um, evidence uh, based research that will really support your your listeners I'm hoping anyway so so that's the those are those are the two that I would focus on okay interesting and you mentioned there that some of that research is across different countries do the characteristics of for example millennials and indeed all of the generations vary between different countries or actually are there are more similarities than we might like to think I think there are more similarities, Laurie. Um, yes, I think there's a lot of heavy-weighted kind of research done in the US, for example. And I know for for Gallup, uh, for that one million uh, that one million respondents, it was global, but you know there was a weighting to to the US. Um, but I think it's more similarities. And what what we'll get into um, during this conversation, I'd like to share is more it's it's more the insights of the the differences and similarities are important to to look at, but not not as stereotypes and not to point or label. It is more about, I find when we think about the millennials, they have been so vocal about their questions around the workplace that they have driven a lot of change. They've driven a, a change in culture in the workplace. So it's not about you know uh, looking at millennials as such. I think what they're highlighting is nearly what we all were looking for when it comes to the workplace. So um, I think it's more about the, the the opportunity to reflect on the differences and similarities, but then really then to look at everybody uniquely and everybody from 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 their own perspective and the value that everybody brings to the workplace. So were you suggesting then that, for example, at the other end of the spectrum, the baby boomers are actually looking for very similar things, but just are less vocal or have traditionally been less vocal about it? I absolutely I do believe that um, when I think about they I suppose baby boomers is very much about security and about loyalty and responsibility um, and they would have stayed within uh, the you know I, I think about well my father um, was an entrepreneur himself because he was he, he was a property builder but but I can see his approach was very much to stay with um, with his 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 role and with his company right through where I think the millennials will be bring and they will look and they will change they will move but I have to say that their insights and their um, there's a there's six key factors that came out of that millennial report from from Gallup that highlighted that the wants and needs of a millennial are very similar to the wants and needs of most of us in the workplace when it comes to what we need and to thrive in the workplace so, so if we if we take a look at those, so so what happened was in that report, how millennials work and live, they they studied um, one million um, uh, millennials, but what they wanted to find out was okay, well, what was uh, were there any differences and and why what you know what what drove that and what came out was really interesting, Laurie, 
it was that rather than um, stereotyping each generation, what kind of what was highlighted was that the millennials actually had these wants and needs in the gener- in, in their workplace. Um, but they just were more vocal about it. But ultimately, all generations were looking for those. And there, there are six factors. So I'm going to go into them in a little bit detail. So the first one is that 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 shift. So it's a mindset shift that that moved from a salary to purpose. So instead of focusing on just the salary and uh, when you come to your job, that you know millennials really would love they they love um, their work to have meaning they want mission and and purpose in their work and they want to feel like they're contributing to something bigger something to something more um you know uh, larger in terms of, of of what their role was and they want to be clear on what their uh, their role was connected to that mission and vision now to be honest that's what we all wanted so while we weren't as vocal we all wanted that and i think about myself when we when starting out um, as a as a graduate uh, with the jemson graduate program and going to portugal and 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 knowing my role but i lo- i wanted to know well why was it important to do um, certain things when it comes it comes to the, the the jemson story and and what was the connection for for my role versus you know everybody else in in, in the team so I, I do believe that people want that. It's just we never really, I suppose we, we just went on and we, we, we did what we were told nearly uh, when, when millennials are challenging that, that, that uh, insight and mindset. So, so that salary to purpose was really important. So that really um, shifted the goalposts when it came to um, the workplace culture and for clients and for leaders to be very clear on what their vision and mission um, is about being clear in terms of what is that? Uh, what why is it important, or what 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 is the benefit of coming and working for our company for 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 the company? It's very important because, as I said, millennials are the consumers of the workplace, and they will move. And Generation X may not move so much, but look look at me. I I moved um a few times. You know, while I worked with Irish Distillers for eighteen years, I did. I left in two thousand five, and then came back. Um, and did a kind of more of a flexible role um, because of my kids um, um, and, and worked. But that was because the Irish students were very flexible um, and they made it work for me. So, so but it's, it's quite an interesting one. Um, so that, that really drove. So that, that paycheck or salary to purpose is the first one. The second one, what's really interesting, is that shift from moving from my job satisfaction to development. Now, job satisfaction and, you know, my role and just getting my job done is is was was the old mindset and the new mindset is very much about driving more meaning around how i learn and grow and millennials drove that you know their primary driver is about development yes they want fair remuneration and pay but really if they're learning and growing they're going to be energized they're going to be motivated and really focused in that space and development is so crucial so you know how we how people would have talked about you know well we should be having ping pong tables and we should have loads of donuts and food and 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 try and encourage them into the workplace and that that cool kind of dynamic really that doesn't matter what matters is 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 the is that group of millennials and all of us in general are we learning and growing in our roles and how are the managers and the leaders supporting that learning and development so that's number 2 the number 3 which is a lovely one which i i'm very passionate about is moving from weaknesses to strengths so millennials don't want to fix their weaknesses they want to develop their strengths and gallup have discovered this that really weaknesses can never be developed into strengths 
while strengths de develop infinitely. So the power is about focusing what's right with people as opposed to what's wrong. And in the past, I know, I know from speaking from my, my own experiences that we were brought into brilliant companies, but what was always asked of us is that, you know, right, you, you have so many great talents and strengths, but let's focus on what your weaknesses are and their gaps so that you could be well-rounded. And what we're learning now is that it's not about being well-rounded. If we, we are more powerful and we can actually find our own power and edge even more um, uh, successfully if we focus on our strengths and absolutely manage our weaknesses. But to do that but millennials definitely want to focus on on their strengths as opposed to weaknesses but i think all generations do in that way and then that's number three and number four this one is and we've heard this on a number of occasions but this move from boss to coach so that control or kind of micromanaging boss has definitely um it has set sail and is not not coming back the key now is to look to 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 coaches so that our manager needs to be coach that actually collaborates and supports and develops their their talent. That's what's really important. And and millennials are not going to accept just to be told this is what you have to do. They will ask the why. Do you remember we talked about generation Gen Y? They will ask why and they need to understand. So they need to understand why they have to do things and connect to the mission and purpose. But then ultimately they want to have time to actually um, uh, understand and get feedback. And, and this builds onto this, the, the fifth um, factor that is the, the mindset shift, which is moving away from annual reviews to go to more regular, ongoing conversations. So all generations need this, but, but millennials and centennials predominantly need this. So they want those continued, frequent, transparent, ongoing conversations. And really what this is about is, is moving away from just having a once a year or twice a year review of how you're getting on to getting into weekly or bi-weekly um, conversations. And this is about the cadence of conversations, cadence of management, Laurie, to be honest. And uh, and I, I work with, with so many managers in this one, where is helping them to cr create a powerful cadence rhythm of management that actually serves them, but also their team. And then the final one is that, you know, millennials recognize that they spend a third of their life in their job. So it's moving from, it's not just my job, it's my life. So how can I create, where can I find um, a great workplace environment where um, where people are flexible and that if I want to get up early and work and I, if I work better at from seven to three for example that that's what I work and then I, I, I turn off my computer or I want to go and do some sort of great um, uh, webinar um, in the afternoon or whatever or I want to go to an event in the afternoon I'm going to go to that event but I'll work in the evening and make make up for it, if that makes sense. So that flexibility is crucial. So so that moving from my job as in my nine to five, it, no, it's it's it, it needs to be fluid, and and employers need to express that and, and find a way to make that flexible working environment more powerful for 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 millennials, but also for all generations. So they're the five, five sorry, they're the six. I was going to say five. They're the six factors. So you know, uh, paycheck to purpose job satisfaction role to development weaknesses to strengths boss to coach annual review to regular um, conversations and then job to life and and i honestly believe now from working with so many uh, teams at this stage sorry it was driven by the millennials but every single generation 
needs and wants those those key drivers in their workplace. It's a really interesting overview, and we might come back to the implications for for leaders and and organisations in in just a moment. But but I'm curious before we do that to ask about how COVID and and the pandemic we've experienced over the last nine, ten, whatever months has has impacted on all of this. Well, that it's a really good point, and I've I've been fascinated by this space as well. And what I I think I mentioned that Deloitte did a brilliant report, um, and I'll send in the show. There's a great video, and there's also great um, um, a full report on and insights on this one. So. What they did was this report was done back in 2019 and they did with 18,000 millennials. So that first survey highlighted that half over half of the, the millennials were stressed. Okay, um, and stressed and co- you know in terms of worrying about the economy, the finances, people, their families, everything. Now they checked in then in May. Uh, Laurie, uh, May 2020 to see. Now, what came, what was really interesting was, yes, there was stress there, still there, but what came out was this powerful insight around that that, that those generations, so generation uh, Y, so really the millennials, but also those centennials too, are extremely resilient in the face of adversity. And that resilience is being seen through that uh, um, pandemic. So they actually, what came out of the, the report was that there is an even stronger sense of responsibility to drive the change they want to see in the world. You know that lovely quote, and I use it a lot, you know, from Gandhi, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, they want to drive some of that change. And they're even more optimistic. Um, they're very, very focused on, you know, in, uh, community involvement, um, uh, and really climate change. And what's very interesting is that they're actually more optimistic about the ability to fight climate change after witnessing how quickly the planet can heal when we were in lockdown. That was, I found that fascinating. And that two quarters of them have now pledged a positive impact on their communities in the future. So they want to see businesses and governments reflecting that commitment. They want to see people um, being focused on a head of profit. So they're focusing on those social issues and prioritizing the environmental kind of sustainability approach. So we're actually in a really pivotal point in history where we now have an opportunity and the millennials are driving this. See that they want to create not just a new normal, but a better normal you know, to reimagine a better world. And I find that really, I suppose, you know, while I am a generation X, Xer, I have to say I have a millennial mindset because I'm, I'm, I'm very much focusing on the future, on the optimistic side of things. And it's so great to see a report coming out based on research to say that, that you know, the, the millennials are actually resilient. They're not snowflakes. <laughs> um, they're resilient in that space and they're very optimistic. And it really challenges all all of the stereotypes. And you mentioned the the word there, uh, the snowflake word yourself. Uh, that that that's the stereotype you hear in the media, and uh, or the the pundits. But actually, that's not from what you're saying, and from what the the research is reflecting. How how it actually is in the, in reality. So if we if we pull that together, then because you've covered a lot of interesting points. What are the implications for, for for leaders and for the organizations which they lead, particularly as this, you know, Gen Z, Gen Z moves into the workplace? Well, it's a, it's a really good point that you just said there about the stereotyping as well, because 
that's I suppose that's the key message I want to be able to share and for for leaders to con connect with is that we really need to focus rather than stereotyping a generation is actually to focus on what their values are and what they bring to the table and what i always say and what i, I instead of labeling generations and creating that divisive kind of approach rather than look at you know embracing the older generations with the younger generations the different mindsets that they bring the different lenses through which we bring uh, so much more wealth of of ideas and, and and insights and learning so what i would say is that i would always encourage you know leaders and managers to reflect on the value that each and uh, each person that bring that, that from each generation um, brings to to a team so and I, and I work with teams where they could have they could have a, uh, some baby boomers they could have generation x um, millennials and not so many centennials yet but but I'm, I'm seeing those coming through because as i said to you they're only they're 23 is the eldest kind of oldest um, uh, um, uh, group uh, or is oldest person in in, the, in that grouping so what i would say to managers and leaders is to really embrace the individual value so what are these, what is the value that these nuances that other generations can bring to the team, but also to the individual? So given their youth, what value can they bring in terms of those new ideas and the, and the energy? But also if someone is older, you know, what experience, what is that value? And, and you probably have heard this and, and loads of people talk about reverse mentoring. I, and I love this one because honestly, I see it in action. So that reverse mentoring um, is, is powerful when you have a baby boomer who has amazing experience in an area and you can see a generation, so uh, either um, millennial or even um, centennial wanting to learn because they crave, as we said, they'd crave development. So they want to learn and they want to actually understand the, 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 what happened in the, in, in the past or what happened in the, in the business. And, the, and want to understand all the different aspects of whatever role that that person was playing. So that reverse mentoring is so important because then what, what we do then is we could help um, the younger generations to really help the, the baby boomers with technology. Now, I would consider myself, um, you know, I'd be forward thinking, but I am not techie. But what I have done now with the Futureers is that I have brought in I'm all about lifting um, younger talent up. So I'm really excited. I have an amazing young, um, a young uh, executive, marketing executive, that's, who is working uh, with, with OnPost, but also is doing a master's. So Rachel Fitzgerald is, is, is doing a master's in, in entrepreneurship and, um, and innovation and digital innovation. So she's actually helping me. So I'm, I'm nearly, uh, Futureers is, is the guinea pig for, uh, for her and her master's. So she's helping me with my social media and with my how, how to, to really ramp that up because she's an expert in that. That's her, her digital kind of savvy is phenomenal. I don't have that digital savvy. So, so that, that really is powerful. So I'm bringing her in to, to support me in this space and the same with another, um, another great uh, creative, uh, Stephen, who has just set up his own little business. And um, again, his first business just out of college. So he's doing video editing. So I have him coming in and working with me on that as well. So, so there's a way of bringing different generations together so we can actually be more powerful together. So that's the first thing, so understand the value. But honestly, um, if we were to really focus on and what I really want people to think about is the importance of a tailored approach to developing your people. So really, as I call it, um, it's, it's uh, the platinum rule. So 
Treat others the way that they want to be treated, not the way that you think they need to be treated. So really focus in on what they are looking for what, and ask the question. Be tailored with your approach. And that's why I bring in Clifton Strengths. So the strengths-based philosophy. So that strengths piece is like a common language, Laurie. So I find it brings everybody together. So when we use uh, the Clifton Strengths assessment, it's the full the full report is 34 th uh, themes, uh, strength themes. But we focus on the top five initially to really get people to understand themselves. But it helps them to understand what motivates them, what demotivates them, and how best to work and collaborate collaborate together. I find it a powerful way to really help people to see each other in a different light because we all see the world through a different lens and if we can understand each other a, a bit better then we will create more powerful more thriving workplaces together so that's the third thing is very much about creating a common language with the team and um, so that everybody comes together and it's not just on your age but it's actually on your skill set and how you think, feel, and operate. That's what is good, is, is is more powerful. Is to understand people's in that way. So yeah, so that that's very much about um, understanding, tailoring your approach to the individual, and using clips and strengths. That's the, I'm not saying that that's the only way, but for future years, it's very much about focusing on the on your strengths and what's great about people, but using that as a common language to really create thriving workplaces. Okay, fantastic. So I know you mentioned earlier on the Deloitte report and the Gallup report, and we'll we'll put those in the in, in the show notes for anyone who wants to take a look. Are there any other resources or websites that you could suggest might be interesting for people to look at? Um, to be honest, I go into Gallup because they do so many. There's so many other uh, reports. They've just done a Gen Z report as well. Ha, um, but I will say a caveat: it is very much focused on the US um, at the moment because again, they're focusing on the workplace and how to really bring all the generations together. So as 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 I explained, the the centennials are only coming on board. So there are twenty. The the oldest kind of um of of, of that grouping is twenty three. So so they're coming on board. But if you want, um, what I also have on my website is is um, a kind of a, a suite of, of blogs that that will help in terms of understanding um, your the the, the multi generational kind of workforce. But what I do as well is I do these kind of buy sites boost um, sessions, and we created these this year, which was you know ranging from multi generational, so you can learn about that with your team and and do an hour hour session on that. But also on, on loads of different areas of you know better you know feedback to feed forward really understanding having kind of agile working how we can work better how can we lean into our strengths so there's loads of other spaces and other resources there if 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 anybody is interested in in them and learning a bit more about how to work better together as, as a multi-generational team that sounds brilliant well kira kelly of future news many thanks for your time it's been great to speak to you thank you it's been so lovely to talk to you too laurie Our theme song, La La Song, Electronic Beat Time and Dream Sequence by Lorenzo's Music is licensed under an attribution, share and share alike license.